In the box. In the box. In the box. Hello and a very warm welcome to the latest episode of In the Box, the podcast brought to you by England Football. My name is Charlotte Richardson and I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Lee as we focus all upon the FA's ambitions to provide equal access for girls in schools and in clubs by 2024 and the opportunity that is ahead of us to provide these equal opportunities and keep pace with the demand for more girls football and women's football in this country. That's right Charlotte on this episode we're looking at why we should let girls play. The future game changes of the women and girls game is some of what we've brought into this episode here. We're talking to some wonderful people that are playing their part in not only opening the minds to what is possible, but also providing some of those opportunities for the players, the coaches, the clubs, the leagues, the young leaders, and those role models within the female game. But first, it's my turn to put Charlotte in the hot seat because Charlotte does some fantastic work away from in the box and her day job. And that is the eighth wonder programme. So, Charlotte, first question to kick us off with this episode is over to you in terms of tell us a little bit about the Eighth Wonder programme and how it came about. It feels so strange to be the one answering the questions on the podcast, but um, it's really nice to have the opportunity to talk about the programme because I set out back in 2016 and I'd been involved in football for a number of years, both as a volunteer but working professionally in the game. And I suppose it just kept occurring to me that there was a real absence of other women in roles off of the pitch. Um, I hung up my boots. I retired a long, long time ago, but of course always had that passion for the game. And I suppose it was just this identifying a gap really in the terms of that we see lots of people and lots of women enjoying the game, young girls playing the game, wildcat centres and so on. But what could we do to help turn that passion into sort of leadership, as you mentioned, roles within football, whether that be kind of governing roles and sitting on boards and committees, volunteering time in jobs and volunteering roles such as marketing, media, physiotherapy. So we set up the Eighth Wonder programme to help generate football's future female leaders. And we do a whole host of events, development days, um, providing content really to equip young women and women of older ages as well, to know what opportunities are available to them. Because I think for a very long time, perhaps, there wasn't enough done to increase visibility for what those opportunities are and to welcome women into the game. Because as we know, it is for everyone. It sounds like an absolute wonderful programme. And then obviously it's been in existence since 2016, I believe, Charlotte? Yeah, we've been around for a number of years. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that journey since 2016, what you've done in the last four or five years? It started with a squiggle on a notepad and it developed into a programme that initially was aimed for young women between the ages of 14 and 20. We worked with our local county FA, the Kent FA, to host a development day which participants would attend and they would enjoy a series of workshops, seminars, practical um, sessions around careers in football like I say not on the playing side coaching refereeing media marketing physiotherapy and then we would signpost the girls towards volunteering opportunities so in the first couple of years we had over 45 young women attend the development days and go on to contribute over 1500 hours volunteering in grassroots football and from those development days some of the young women 
and went on to pursue degrees at university and um, focusing on football. Others went on to get full-time roles working in football and others just carried on volunteering or went and took on that level one course and now are going through their coaching badges and so on. So that's how it started. And then it just evolved, had a really good working relationship with our local county FA. And we were able to host with them some funded level one coaching courses. So we ran two of those and those were opened up to women of all ages. And what we noticed is actually there was a lot of mums that wanted to get involved. They were going and taking their sons and daughters to coaching sessions. So we had over 45 women do their level one coaching course. Then COVID hit, so we weren't able to deliver as much face-to-face, but we did a series of interviews online on YouTube with women who'd worked in the game that shared their stories, gave hints and tips for how anyone of any gender can get involved with the game. And now we are preparing for our first face-to-face event in years it's coming up this month which i'm so excited about and we've got over 45 young women signed up for that and i cannot wait to put on another development day and get back to doing what we do best and i bet they can't wait either that's why so many are signed up and it's worthwhile saying as well that when we got to go behind the scenes at the grassroots football awards which is episode eight i'd really encourage you to go and have a listen back to that episode we had casey stoney join us and she spoke about that when she first started out playing she was just playing in boys football and there weren't really too many role models or ambassadors for the female game around. And she said a quote that stuck with me saying that if you can see it, you can be it. And the work that you're doing with Eight Funder Charlotte is just testament to providing those opportunities and then role models of all different ages. So girls truly can see within their locality, people striving, people leading the way for them to follow either in their footsteps or find their own path. And the responsibility of us and everybody across the network is to provide them opportunities, like Charlotte said at the very beginning. I know with the Euros coming up next year, Charlotte, you'll have loads of wonderful things planned, I'm sure. Can we get a bit of a snippet about what 8th Wonder are going to get up to? So having the Euros take place in this country is amazing because it's so galvanising, as we saw this summer with the men's team it's more visibility it's more focus on the women's game it's going to be so inspiring and i'm just really keen that we make the most of that momentum we make the most of that exposure to again just unify people bring them together and look to just create opportunities to get more women and girls involved in the game and to maybe apply a bit of pressure to to football clubs that don't have that kind of set up within their clubs yeah I know we're going to have a lot of grassroots football volunteers tuned in that some of whom might not have women and girls provision at their clubs and and hopefully what this episode will help showcase is that there is opportunity there is funding there is support and there is advice to help equip clubs to make sure that women and girls are a part of their strategy moving forward and also that women and girls want to get involved with those volunteering roles as well I had a really amazing conversation with Natalie Curtis who is the women and girls officer at the Kent FA as well as Andrea Ellis who is the founder of Bromley Bells and Andrea's story is incredible she set up a football club for over 30s at Bromley Football Club they compete in the National League they've got an amazing youth structure And now she's taking a lead on on providing that pathway as well. So it just shows if you empower people and you equip them with the right resources, like we're aiming to do here on In The Box, 
then you know the future is so bright it's so optimistic and also it's just it's an opportunity to support England again like how amazing is that it certainly is Charlotte and obviously you had a conversation with both Natalie and Andrea for part one of this episode I think we should go and take a listen this this is in the box so the FA does have an ambition to provide equal access for girls in schools and in clubs by 2024. So to keep a pace with that, of course, it's all about creating opportunities. And on this episode of In The Box, we're going to be talking to some wonderful guests who are playing their role, their part in helping create opportunities for young women and girls. And it's also an opportunity for me to tell you about a programme that I've been involved with away from the Football Association called Eighth Wonder. Now the purpose of Eighth Wonder is to create football's future female leaders, looking at the age ranges of uh, 14 to 20 years old. And I'm so delighted to have with me on today's podcast, Natalie Curtis, who is the Women and Girls Officer at the Kent Football Association, and Andrea, who is a volunteer at Bromley Football Club, who set up and founded the Bromley Bells and does so much more for their women and girls pathway. First things first, Natalie, obviously we have collaborated with the Eight Wonder programme before. Can you tell us a little bit about that collaboration and the work that we've done for young women in Kent? I think, um, well, first of all, thank you for, for inviting me along. And it's always a, a great opportunity to talk about some wonderful things that um, we're actually doing it in Kent. So um, I really appreciate coming on. The whole idea of Eighth Wonder was to be the door to be opened for the next generation to come through. So obviously conversations with uh, yourself and, and me, Charlotte, over the years, I've always found that it can be quite tricky knowing where to go and knowing the options that are out there. So what we wanted to do was put it all in a neat little package um, into the Eighth Wonder programme where people could come as almost a one-stop shop and have their eyes open to all the wonderful roles that sit away from football from just being just being a player and we know now obviously with the development of the WSL and the championship that careers as football players are becoming more and more widespread however we know that vast majority of the girls that are coming through won't reach those those lofty light heights so what we'd like to do is showcase the other roles that they can get involved in and that's where eighth wonder started really it absolutely is. And Andrea, you interacted with the programme recently. Can you tell listeners about that and how the programme supported you, I suppose, in your role as a volunteer? And then afterwards, I want to know more about what you're doing at Bromley. Oh, hi. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks for having me on as well. Um, yeah, it was really fantastic to come down to Kent uh, FA the other week to meet everyone under the Eighth Wonder programme. What I found really inspirational was meeting so many women in what has been typically a male-dominated sport. And it was great to really share those stories and those experiences and that kind of strength as well about how we can have a really active role in promoting football to, to women and to girls and for that new generation that you were talking about. And how did it help you as a volunteer? Because sometimes... It can be a little bit lonely being a volunteer. You give away countless hours of your time. Did you find it kind of enriching and supportive to be a part of a network of other volunteers and other women, like Natalie alluded to earlier, not playing, but my goodness, supporting the game of football? Yeah, definitely. Um, before I set up Bromley Bells, I didn't have any experience about running a football team. Um, so it's been really vital for me to be able to contact people that have been in a similar role as me 
Um, I didn't know about setting up committees or, you know, how you send out agenda minutes. Um, so lots of different things that were really, really new. So it's really great to kind of meet with people, swap phone numbers, have that kind of contact with people and get that support, not just that, you know, obviously getting support from Natalie, but also getting that additional support from people that were quite specific in their roles and little tips that they were able to present and help me with. So it was a real, you know, it was a lot to take away from, from meeting those other people. That connectivity and those little tips help volunteers. And I just want to learn quickly a little bit more about Bromley Bells because you are the founder and you have grown this football team and now helping the club overall with its women and girls pathway. It's a really inspirational story and I'd love it if you could take a couple of minutes to to tell us more? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, I set up Bromley Bells uh, about three and a half years ago with Natalie's support and the Bromley Football Club support as well. Um, and they continue to support me through their new uh, Community Sports Trust. Um, the reason I set it up was because I wanted to play football. I was over the age of 30. Um, I wanted to play on a recreational level. Um, so it was really important for me to... to find something different from what was already out there because I was too old to join the league team. Um, and it really has grown from that. We've got over 40 women registered. We train. It's not just about the football. It's about um, being part of a team and lots of social events and things like that. Um, and as we've grown, um, we've got, we're looking now to see how we can spread to two different sessions where we look at beginners and advance. Um, because, you know, the, the, the need is out there for that. Um, and it, what's been really lovely is, is that I'm, I lead the Wildcats at Bromley Football Club as well. And it's to see that circle complete almost. Um, some of the Bells players who are, most of them are mums with commitments and families and things like that. Um, and they now are starting to bring their daughters to the Wildcats. So it's really, you know, like... It's really great and it's really rewarding to see that those girls have those opportunities now. You really are the definition of a grassroots hero. My goodness, the work you're doing there. And Natalie, it must be equally rewarding for you to work with volunteers like Andrea and help them build that structure and that pathway. In terms of the work that the Kent FA has done with Eighth Wonder, though, I was just wondering, are there any other good things that you've seen? I know about the, well, I obviously know about the development days, but listeners as well, might not be aware of the work that has gone on to help create coaches as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And just to go back to your point about working with volunteers, grassroots football doesn't happen without the volunteer workforce. So we are so fortunate um, across the country, but I always speak proudly of Kent, of volunteers like Andrea that give up tireless hours to ensure that especially for our youth players, they've got a game to play that, you know, pitches are booked, referees are booked, the kits ordered, the balls are pumped up. All of these things that people don't think about are what our volunteers spend their time doing just for the love of the game and to give other or to give children an opportunity to play. And that's what really led nicely into to the eighth wonder is that the girls were coming in and they come in as a cohort because of their passion for playing but they leave with the knowledge of so many different other other avenues. So we do have, um, off the back of the course, we've had girls who have come and said they want to do a sports science degree after attending some of our workshops have then drilled down into that and said, actually, I want to be a physio. So they're off doing a physiotherapy degree. 
And one of the things that came out um, quite quite strongly of our last development day was a vast majority want to be coaches, but what they didn't want to do is be the only girl on a coaching course. So alongside Eighth Wonder and Kent FA, we subsidised two level ones that were female only. Um, they were led by a female tutor, um, myself, which is which is fortunate for us. And we got 42 female coaches through those two, two courses who are now working in the grassroots game, being the... Um, one of the things we always say um, on Eighth Wonder, and it's a big thing that we believe in, is you, if you can't see it, you can't be it. So how can we expect the next generation of girls to be coaches if they don't already see female coaches? So we now have 42 women alongside our other, I think we've got 175 female coaches working in the game that are out there on a regular basis that the girls at Andrea's Wildcats will see and go, okay, I can be a female coach. Our referee numbers are are incredible. So they can see female referees when they're playing their games. And that's an opportunity that comes up. The One of the great things about the development day is the people that we get come along are in high power positions. So if you want to be a chair of a league, if you want to be the chair of the county FA, um, if you want to be a lead in um, HR or marketing, we've got people that you can see every step of the way, but also they are there as mentors. So they are more than happy to share their time to support these young women on their journey in whichever capacity it is that they, they choose to go. I'm so proud of the work that we've done with the Kent FA and I'm going to come on more to that collaboration and that innovative approach to work and, and how for volunteers out there working with your county FA is a huge asset. Um, Andrea, the Eighth Wonder programme is coming to Bromley FC for its next event and that mentioned the importance of visibility there. Do you think having the Eighth Wonder and Kent FA team up with the Bromley FC Community Trust will be a catalyst for the work that you're doing with women and girls football because it shows that the club cares doesn't it absolutely i mean i have been so fortunate with the support that we have had um the bells have had um and the wildcat sessions from bromley football club um and and it is like you say it's so important you need visibility you need people to be able to see what you can aspire to you need those positive role models out there so it levels the playing field. Um, the programme's fantastic in the opportunities that it gives people, uh, young girls, to see what opportunities there are out there. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really excited about meeting the girls. <laughs> I wish 30 years ago that was something that I could have experienced because maybe I would have taken a different pathway. But, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I think it's, it's a great opportunity for people to see the what football and the sport of football can, how that can shape your your career and what the different roles are in that. And so really, really good. And it's great to see it at Bromley. You know, it's a fantastic stadium, fantastic environment. You know, both the ladies team and the, the men's team as well are doing really well. Um, and so, yeah, great to have everyone down and see exactly how, how Bromley can kind of support everyone in uh, accessing that opportunity. Yeah, that access to opportunity is so important. And Natalie, there'll be lots of people tuning in that perhaps want to work more collaboratively with their county FA. 
And county FAs do play an important and supportive role, don't they, for clubs and leagues wanting to grow their women and girls setups? Absolutely. Within every county FA, we have our key performance indicators and women and girls area as a whole is always a, a big, big part of, of those. So it is fundamental in the makeup of the county FA to raise visibility, more awareness, create more opportunities um, and it's not just playing. So if you are tuning in, you do listen to it and maybe you are a female coach who wants to develop a bit more or if you've got a daughter and you think actually she loves playing but she's already expressed an interest in other routes, all I can say is reach out to your county FAs because we are small in comparison to our county size. We can't know everything, although we will try our best to find out everyone, especially in the women and girls game. I almost feel a bit offended if I don't know everyone that's in it. But um, just reach out to them and ask how they can support you and how you can support them. Um, there certainly will be initiatives that you can get involved in. Um, one of the brilliant things about the 8th Wonder programme is it isn't, it works in partnership with Kent FA. It isn't a Kent FA programme. So this can be picked up and moved to other county FAs or organisations or clubs. Um, and, and we can look at running similar events. So just because your county FA isn't doing Eighth Wonder doesn't mean that they can't. So if it's something that's almost like reached to you and you think it's something that you feel passionately about, just reach out to your county FA and they'll be more than happy to support you. I think that's a really important point to make about the networks. Obviously, we're shining a spotlight on a really fantastic case study in the county of Kent. But of course, the network across the FA, including in the box podcast webinars that you can all catch up and learn a little bit more about the women and girls game. Plenty of signposting to more resources that if you do have a couple of minutes spare that you want to read up on or listen back on. But of course, as Natalie said as well, do get in contact with your local county FA as well, because there will be support and funding opportunities as well, particularly around the women and girls game. And let's not forget the Let's Girls Play initiative that is looking to create equal opportunity. You can head to www.englandfootball.com forward slash play in education. Another forward slash let girls play. Don't worry, that was quite a long, <laughs> that was quite a long address. We'll put it in the show notes. And um, Andrea, finally, obviously you're doing an amazing job growing the women and girls game at Bromley. What one final tip would you give to our listeners and the grassroots football community? I just think as a volunteer and helping out that you're giving those people the opportunity to play football. And I just think it's about just keep going and believe in that because there are other people that are in the same position as you. Um, and there's lots of support out there to help you um, and you can really make a difference. You certainly can make a difference and you both are making a huge difference in the roles that you play. And I'm very lucky as the founder of Eighth Wonders to have the opportunity not only to meet you, but to work with you and to share that positive impact to the network of women and girls. So thank you so much for your time and thank you for coming on In The Box to, to share your advice and expertise with us. This is In The Box. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the Kent FA's Women and Girls Officer, Natalie Curtis, and Bromley Bell's founder and all-round inspiring grassroots volunteer, Andrea Ellis. I know that I certainly learned a lot, and I think it's really eye-opening to hear the stories of grassroots volunteers, how they collaborate with their local county FA's, and how sometimes actually working in collaboration and working as a team really is beneficial for everyone. I think that collaboration and working as a team's key, Charlotte. You said it started with a scribble. It was a bit of an idea on a piece of paper for eight funder. 
in 2016. And for it to get to where it is till now, it is about collaboration. It's about sharing the idea and sparking that enthusiasm in others to join you on that journey. And just listening to that conversation there, that's exactly what happened. And though you also went and had another fantastic conversation with another set of wonderful people that really are providing the opportunities for girls and for women to obviously take part in the game we all do love and we all want access to. So let's go and take a listen. This is In The Box. So you are listening to In The Box and this episode is dedicated to the Let Girls Play programme and ahead of a really exciting 2022 when we are hosting the Euros in this country. We're talking all about the ways that you can get involved with creating equal opportunities for girls in your local area and at your football club. And to help us discuss this in even more detail, I've got three incredible guests. Firstly, Alice Kempsey, who is the National Development Manager for the Women and Girls Pathway at the Football Association. And Suey Smith, who is the FA's Regional Coach Development Officer in Women and Girls Football. And we are also joined by a fantastic volunteer from Heaton Hawks Football Club, Janine Ogilvy. Thank you so much, the three of you, for, for joining us on this episode of the podcast, because it's a really, really important subject. And there's a lot of focus, quite rightly, on women and girls football ahead of Euro 2022. And Alice, my first question comes to you, really, because you've got this exciting role at the FA working on helping give equal access to girls in both schools and clubs. Can you tell us a bit about the role that you perform at the FA, but also the work that you're doing in terms of providing female friendly training? Yeah, for sure. And thanks um, for having me. Um, I'm two months into my role at the FA. And as you said, we are trying to provide equal access for all girls in schools and clubs. And we have a vision that by 2024, we'll have 90% of schools offering girls football and 75% of clubs, including females in their club offer. Um, So to do this, we have a programme called Female Friendly Training, as you mentioned, Charlotte. And this is really to try and inspire clubs to want to include females, but also to educate them on how to do it, where to find them, how to sort of retain and and keep them engaged in in their provision. And we've had some excellent conversations so far this season with clubs, just like Janine's Heaton Hawks, who are doing fantastic things to grow the game, but also some clubs that haven't yet started any female or girls provision and they just want to understand how to start their own journey um so it's been yeah a good start to the season we've got loads more workshops workshops to come so hopefully by the end of the season we'll have lots more opportunities on the doorsteps of girls all around the country what i absolutely love is that it doesn't matter where your club or league is at in terms of its journey there is support and resource there which which leads me to your role Sui, because obviously it's fantastic to have more women and girls playing football and but importantly if you're going to get these young girls playing you want to make sure that their experience is a really good one which is where coaching comes in so can you tell us a bit more about your role and how you've been contributing towards this really ambitious but very exciting vision yeah and again uh, just like likewise thank you for having me um on this episode so we're led by rebecca garlic who's a national coach development lead um, in the women and girls uh, coaching program And there's eight of us out on the ground, um, all based in different regions. So we're split into the north, east, south and west. So I'm based up in the northeast, um, looking after and supporting female coaches within the levels of zero to two um, and and looking to really get out on the, the ground and support. So we're split into three areas, really, in terms of trying to inspire and empower 
a really diverse female coaching workforce. So the three areas over the next four years that we're going to look to try and support is around the recruit and deploy. So really try and get more females out on the pitch, giving them confidence that actually they can go out there and coach and do a fantastic job. We're also looking to support and develop those existing coaches, um, which might need some support around sessions or confidence or different ways of coaching. And again, everything has to be sustainable. So again, looking at beyond 2024, we're looking to really sustain that female coaching workforce and keep growing it as we move through the years. Brilliant. Well, you're obviously doing a very good job because you're helping coaches like Janine, who I'm delighted joins us. And and Janine, can you tell us a little bit more about the support that you've received from the FA, from Surrey, and how it's benefiting your football club at Heaton Hawks? Yeah, sure. Um, again, thanks for having me. Um, so my club, Heaton Hawks, is a FA Chartered Standard Community Club. Um, and we have over 400 members and 30 teams. Uh, and last year, we only had... Uh, two girls teams this year we've got four um, plus a senior women's team and a Thrive and Wildcats program um, but underpinning all of that we have a really ambitious plan to have a full playing pathway for girls um, at our club uh, the plan underpins inspiring positive change the FA's national strategy to, uh, for women and girls and we are genuinely super excited to have Surrey support uh, this coming season to help us achieve that ambition. Um, so over the coming season, uh, Sue and I have worked on a, a plan um, to run a, a, a festival of girls football um, to celebrate the Euros. And that coincides with our club being 25 as well next year. So that is, is really exciting. Um, we are going, going to work to recruit and develop female players to become uh, confident coaches. Um, and create a Young Lionesses programme, um, which is a sort of a coaching programme for the girls' teams. Uh, part of the ambition is that we grow girls' teams through the Wildcats programmes um, and that we, re we retain and grow coaching um, capability and capacity, really, from within the club. So, so yeah, really, at this, at the, as a club, we're at the start of a really, really exciting season for us in terms of women and girls' um, development. And the coach support from uh, Suey is going to really help us bring um, both our ambitions to life, but also to, to grow and, and to really celebrate girls' football. Oh, it sounds absolutely amazing. And the kind of celebrations I certainly want to be a part of. And, and Alice, given your role... At the FA, it must just be so gratifying to hear volunteers like Janine speak like that, put those plans in place. And I think in her answer, Janine alluded to some of the reasons why. But I'd be keen to hear your thoughts on how you feel that football, the role it can play in young girls' lives. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we're really grateful of volunteers like Janine and the amount of time people give to the grassroots game and give to the youth. And I'm an absolute advocate of what, you know, the power of football. Um, I think all sport plays an amazing role, but I think football in particular um, just seems to have that real ability to bring people together, um, but particularly in girls, give confidence, resilience, um, make them really emotionally kind of able and healthy, um, not to mention the physical benefits and the ease and simplicity of being able to play, I think gives football personally that edge over some other sports. Um, so, as I say, the more the more girls we can get involved, the more teams we can create and the more opportunities for people locally. Um, that's really what our strategy is all about, trying to provide equal access so any girl 
can step out of their house and find an opportunity just like a young boy can in our in our national game. Absolutely. And like you say, when stepping onto the pitch, not only are you kind of competing or just enjoying the physical benefits, but there's so many alongside that as well. And Sue, I, I was really interested in a programme around this concept of stepping over the sidelines. And I just wanted to know a little bit more about it and how you have personally benefited from the programme. Yeah, so this is something that uh, between the nine of us within the Women and Girls Department have kind of talked and discussed around. Sometimes it's not around um, the football that stops females stepping over the sidelines. It's a confidence and it's it, it's that. So it's around how can we really have this workshop and offer a safe space for females and girls to step over the sidelines. So the workshop itself is delivered by the nine of us um, in the Women and Girls Coach Development Programme. And we're working with clubs and county FAs to try and put this on um, and try and target clubs that potentially have quite a lot of girl teams um, to try and get the, the, the parents, the aunties, the sisters really involved into coaching. So what we're looking for is we're giving them the confidence that potentially they don't have any football experience, but what they do have is some really good transferable skills that, that does lend itself to coaching. So stepping over the sidelines is to tap into that existing confidence and the skills that they have, potentially in the work life or being a parent, and then for us to, to add that football extra into it. So it's around just giving that safe space for them to, to ask questions, to demonstrate some of the key skills, and then for us as coach development officers to just to add that football, um, which then hopefully would lead to the BT Playmaker course to get them qualified and onto the first step of coaching. I really love that idea because it's about uplifting people that are probably already involved in some capacity or have an interest in sport. And like you say, taking their transferable skills, perhaps from their work and personal lives and reaping the rewards from football that each of us have enjoyed over the years as well. And obviously, Janine, it's clear from the passion you show when you talk about your football club that you've benefited a lot. And I think it's really important because a lot of volunteers listen to this podcast and some might be a little bit intimidated, like Sui mentioned, or feel like, oh, this is a really perhaps daunting task. But what, what tips and advice would you give the volunteer workforce to provide opportunities to let girls play? So I, I think for me, I am somebody who stepped over the sidelines. You know, I, did, I don't have a long history in football um, and, and, and I've did it. And the, and the support from my local FA and from, and from Sui have um, re- really elevated my confidence and given me the, you know, the, a bit of experience to, to take my role even further within my club. But in terms of if I was going to say anything to anybody, it would be just do it. You know, if you're part of a club, speak to your board and, and get their support and um you know um you, you know just be ambitious and go for it but for me mostly i would say if you are passionate about being part a part of your community or passionate about girls football which which i really am um then there's a place for you in in girls football it's a really really exciting time um to be part of women and girls football and you know at every club, there's uh, there's there's a role for you, whether it's you know directly coaching or uh, administration. But there is a role for everybody, um, and there's people doing all sorts of things. But there's a role for everybody within girls football, um, and yeah, it's a really exciting time to be involved, and it's so rewarding. So I'd say just do it. Janine, your answer echoes the answer that Andrea, who has led a similar program down south here. 
uh, at Bromley Bells Football Club. And I think those words are going to be really re reinforcing of the fact that this is an amazing time to get involved with women in girls football. And there is plenty of resource, perhaps more so now than ever. And what Sui and Alice have both mentioned in terms of the webinars and workshops, we will link in the show notes of this episode of In The Box. So please do go and check out those links, go and check out those resources. And as Natalie Curtis told us earlier on in the show as well, connect with your local county FA to get support from them as well. It's an amazing time to get involved with women and girls football. This Let Girls campaign is brilliant. So make the most of it. And that just leaves me enough time to thank each of you, Alice, Sui and Janine, for coming on this episode of In The Box sharing your expertise i for one feel extra motivated and i'm sure our listeners do as well so thank you so much this this is in the box well that's it for another episode of in the box thanks for joining myself and charlotte and of course a massive thank you to all our guests just as a bit of a parting note i just want to say for true sustainability in a thriving women and girls game we need to future proof the access the offer and the opportunities through the power of people it is our relationships and collaboration with the teachers in schools, the volunteers in clubs and the leagues and the young leaders in our communities that will make for a family of people that will do all they can to let girls play and become the person they want to be through the power of sport and education. Tom, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Girls are an unstoppable force for good if they are given the opportunity to play and the chance to play football. It's a really exciting time for the women and girls game in this country. All of the notes are down below. We have linked to different resources that you can access, but I'll say it one more time. Please go and check out englandfootball.com. Have a look at the Let's Girl Play resources that are out there because by utilising them, you can make the most of social media assets, posters, graphics, letter templates to get you on your way to engaging more girls and empowering them to access football. I really hope you have enjoyed this episode and that you have learned lots. Do make sure that you subscribe so you're the first to know when any episode of In The Box lands. Connects with us on the social media channels as well, following England football. And Tom and I will be back again with you soon. In The Box. In The Box. In The Box. In the box.